Um, the issue of managing our anger just isn't going to go away, you know. It's a vital part of our growth to get control of ourselves and stay in control of ourselves. It's a fruit of the Spirit. God has everything covered. Warfare and legal killing in defence of your country, murder and manslaughter. It's all laid out there for all to see in the Old Testament. But this isn't about killing in wartime or manslaughter. This is about personal relationships. And the literal translation is not kill, but murder. In the Old Testament, it was life for life for murder. There was also provision for accidentally killing someone, like when your axe head flew off and hit the person next to you when you were chopping down a tree. Cities of refuge were there for you to run to before the family came to take revenge, your life for the life of their relative. And war was and is a part of our existence. God has his rules for this too, which we can find in the Old Testament. But for now, Jesus brings it right up to date and personal. Can you control your own spirit when it comes to anger? Anger is a response which we should now experience very rarely and certainly not towards our relatives in the family of God. But we still have it. By handling our anger correctly and not allowing our fallen nature to control our responses, we can learn to handle, handle those explosive situations correctly. But first, we need to be willing to change. We need to be aware too that although we may think we're justified in being angry, after all Jesus was, God doesn't see it that way. He looks deeper than the situation at hand. He's looking at our motive for being angry. What is the propellant? Jesus accepts we'll get angry. It's where it issues from and what we do with it that's important. He wants to deal with the anger in our hearts until we're free from it because it's a prison, just like unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred and resentment. Anger is something that builds layer on layer and we need to be aware of our own reactions. What arouses it, what causes it to be inflamed to the point where it's likely to cause harm to those around us. Sometimes we have what other people call a chip on our shoulder. It colours everything. We live with low-grade anger and dissatisfaction. Offended very easily, we perceive others are pointing at us disparagingly, which reinforces our low opinion of ourselves and makes us justify ourselves against the criticism by attacking others, if not outwardly, certainly inwardly. And that's the foundation. It seethes along, underneath, unseen, and everything else comes on top. Angry. Very angry. Sometimes we have an underlying prejudice about a people group or a situation. If this is you, pride is your problem. Or a circumstance may interfere with the way we wanted the day to go. It blocks our goal and we stand in a puddle of anger. There are a multitude of reasons for the layers. But when something comes on top, we explode. That, we say, is the last straw. It's the last straw because of what's underneath. Unfortunately too, we can never say, you made me angry, because truth to tell, you made a choice to be angry. And please don't rationalise it by saying all your family are short-tempered. Now you belong to the family of God. You have his DNA and his nature within you. You're dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. 
Do not use your old nature as an excuse, please. Face this weakness, this flaw in your character. Fess up, admit there's something fundamentally wrong here and work with the Holy Spirit towards peace in every situation. Sorted. Ephesians 4.26 says this, In your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. That is going to be useful advice for the next part of the sermon when we get to it. Be angry, but in that anger, be sure that you do not fall into sin. Exercise your right to choose. Attack the problem, not the person. <laughs>